Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons and Dragons. I am, as always, your host, Kenny. I have with me a smaller portion of my party, but I was damned to have session, so a session with three it will be. But before I introduce my lovely players, uh, I'd like to give another shout out to Critical Wick. For all of your Dungeons and Dragons and soy candle based needs, Critical Wick. The candles smell good, and there's a dye in it. There's no need to butter that up. It's just a really good product. Anyway, so my point... I just got the silver D12. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. And you can eat them, apparently. So that's a thought. So uh, I have with me uh, my warlock. Hey, everybody. It's Jesse playing Valentus. And our fighter. Hey, everybody. It's Jeff Flanker. And our artificer. Hey y'all, it's Dylan playing Boomer. When we last left off, our al- uh, our our players had just met an unlikely or unexpected, at the very least, ally in uh, I believe he's a halfling. Yep. A halfling man by the name of Roderick the Pitless. Uh, walking with him is a pair of odd-looking individuals or constructs or something. Uh, that he is named in number, uh, one named 12, one named 18. And I believe the party was heading eastward to the coastline. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. We were going to catch a boat. So, you guys uh, were still a couple days out, but as the morning calls uh, with the sun, you hear uh, a muffled noise coming from your sending stones. Karen would reach in his pocket and pull out his sending stone. Uh, Bagdura Zora's bookish voice uh, sort of begins to chime and and says, Hello? I, I'm just going to keep asking if anyone's there until someone's there so, so I don't re- repeat myself. He kind of uh, grunt and draw himself into a sleeping position, uh, pulling himself away from his elven companion whom he was quite happily snuggled up against. Um, and kind of just say a little disgruntled hello as he uh, leaks the sleep out of his eyes. Oh, um, yes. Hello. hello. Good morning, ad- uh, uh, adventurers. Um, are, is everyone present? Yeah, he'd say looking around. Um, more or less everybody's present. Oh, l- lovely. Um so this is I, uh, Bagdurazor, again, good to hear from you. Uh, how, um, where, 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 where are you all? Um, we are on our way to the coast. Garen says, kind of like scratching his head as he wakes up. He reaches over and grabs what's left of that summer sauce and starts chewing it. Hoping the sending stone isn't too sensitive to sound. Oh, um... I, I, I'm I'm sorry. Which coast? Where Where in the world are you? Mm. Sometimes I ask myself the same question. Uh, I was gonna say, Boomer will pick up his th- his sending stone and be like, "We're we're and we're headed to the edge of Yalzar Majora, up in the mountains. We're heading for Yalzar Minor on a boat. Maybe make it down to the Twins Yarda. Oh, oh, the, yes, perfect. The the Earth Crystal. Um, uh, do, do you know which town you're heading towards yet? I can 
send word ahead of you and procure passage so that you can uh, leave post haste. Uh, I don't think everyone's Karen looks at Boomer and shrugs. I'm sorry, you guys kind of talked over yourselves. Sorry. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly what the name of the town is. Uh, the monks kind of just pointed us in a way. Nearly threw us down a mountain. Uh, oh, um, well, uh, well, there's, there's, there's one of two, um, in, in the, I think I know where you are. Oh, yes, there's, there's Einhorn and, and Meldrone. Uh, Mel, Meldrone, po- sorry, <clears throat> Port Meldrone is the southern of the two cities, and Einhorn is the northern of the two cities. Uh, uh, um, so do, do you happen to know which of those t- two you're heading closer to? I'm looking at the map right now. It kind of looks like we're closer to the south one. And I said that was what, Mordron? Meldrone. Meldrone. Meldrin. Yeah, that sounds familiar. The listeners at home know, but uh, we don't. So it's uh, Meldrin, because that's what I just wrote down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he goes, oh, well, then if you're heading to, to, to Meldrin, then I can uh, send word ahead, like I said, and I can... Um, procure you a vessel that can probably get you straight to um but 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 yarda um uh oh hey that's that's pretty that good great yeah uh, sounds good to me lovely any yeah. any any idea when the crew that i uh purchase would be uh looking to expect you Uh, I'll look back to um, Boomer. Look back to uh, uh, Roderick and be like, "Hey, oh boy, you know how far away we are from uh, from Maldron?" You see him counting his fingers and toes, uh, and goes, "Well, I think it would be." This goes on for some time. Uh, three days. Uh. Why don't we shoot for four days then, just in case of inclement weather? Uh, this, of course, be going back to Bagdura. Oh, um, yes, yes, and I, I will tell the captain to expect you uh, four days from today. All right, sounds good. We'll be there. Lovely, and I assume um, that since you're leaving where the air crystal is, uh, everything went well? Uh, yeah, I mean, we... Uh, there was another, uh, I don't want to put this, uh, protector of the crystal that came out once we, uh, did the ritual. Um, but we, we, we put him down pretty, pretty okay. And, uh, everything seemed fine when we left. Oh, um, uh, so you mentioned that when you were in the desert. And so I've been, uh, 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 been doing some research and I found that in the scriptures that I got these rituals from, that you are all performing for us, uh, this is common, apparently expected. And uh, sad to say, I probably should have known that before uh, you left. Uh, 
originally. So, I'm sorry about that. Uh, no, no one's died yet. Been killed so far. Uh, damn, close a couple times. It'll be all right, old boy. But if you know, you, you, why don't you keep looking at the uh, the scrolls, and if anything kooky pops up, you know, why don't you let us know? Of of course. Um. Well, I can tell you. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of time between now and uh, when you arrive at the Earth Crystal. But I can tell you that its uh, last known location was in the great city of Detroit, uh, and 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 therefore that would be your destination. Oh yeah, Detroit. I I, I love Detroit. I heard it's uh, beautiful this time of year. Well, yes. All right. But I will, I will keep doing my research, and, and, and when I next call you, I hope that I will have uh, more information to, to help you. All right. Well, I appreciate it, old boy, uh, and so do the rest of my companions. Uh, uh, is there anything else we need, boys, before uh, old boy gets off here? Or, or anything else to report? Uh, but Karen would kind of motion to the halfling and golems. Uh, Roger, and like, shakes of... his head, no. Nope. <laughs> I guess he doesn't want to be known. Uh, I will speak up and say we did have a run-in with um, some creatures that had some sort of magic with them. Uh, we did run into... Um, some trouble with uh, a, a group attacked us and they had some magic um, they had a magic item with them and, and a symbol uh, associated with them that, that gave us some trouble um, do you know anything about a black hammer sigil? was it Hmm. he sort of seems to be pondering this uh, was it like a divine symbol? Um, it was ethereal. Well, uh, the symbol above the Remoraz's head was ethereal, and it disappeared um, when it was killed. Um, and there was there was an amulet that made of black metal, and it was a, a, a double-headed hammer. Is there? Uh, well, I know I know a lot of divinity and the symbols within. Uh, the most was okay. So two two headed hammer. Um, what what other details about it? What did it look like? Did it uh, have any elements attached to it? Not that uh, not that I can tell. Um, it was iron. It made uh, me feel like I was the strongest man in the world. Yeah. Um, the amulet ended up on and in the possession of some of us, and it had some negative effects. Um, Karen calls. I was, I was taken over by this amulet. Um, basically drove me to do some horrible things. If you don't mind me asking, if it compulsed you to do things, uh, what what exactly did it have you do? Violence? To break things? Uh, cast... Spells, I, I know that that's in your forte. Specifically, break things. Um, but spells were involved. 
up some magics that I haven't mastered. Um, That's fascinating. At first, when uh, Geheron said that it made him strong, I imagine this might be to some sort of god of war or, 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 or something like that. But for it to also have the ability to manipulate a person's control and give them magic, that does that seems almost completely contrary. I I will I will look into this. Uh, I don't know if it's something you should concern yourself with in the future, or if this is just an isolated attack. But I I, I will look into this. is This is something that I know. I I can look into this and help you. That's appreciated. You sort of hear him muddle, mutter to himself. Any of you speak Celestial? Uh, nope. Okay. So he's muttering in mm-hmm. a language that none of you understand. Uh, and then he goes, Well, uh, if you have nothing else to report, then I will leave you to your day. Uh, one other thing. Uh, do you know of any... Uh... Tinkers or artificers in the in the port that I could probably stop in on. Uh, I, I my uh my I, I need a workshop of sorts. My uh my thunder cannon has uh, been uh, destroyed, and I, I I need to fix it quickly. Of course, of course. Uh, no, uh, j- just just a moment. You imagine that if. He was standing there in front of you. He put his hand up as he went to go uh, grab something. Um, he says, uh, can you describe for me your cart or, 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 or horses or whatever it is that you're, 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 you're traveling in? Uh, well, it's just a normal cart. Uh, well, I guess not anymore. Um, it has Ramirez uh, carapaces on it, and it's being led by a giant uh, or a large... Uh, Mechanical spider. Oh, well, that will stand out. Uh, okay, so I will send word to the port town of, uh, of, 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 of Meldren, and I will see if I can find you any such assistance. And should they exist, uh, they will make themselves... Um, well, I'm sure they couldn't miss you, so they will make themselves known to you uh, as you arrive. Well, I do appreciate it. Of, co- of course. The, you you all are doing the legwork. The, the least I can do is make the path clean. All right, boys. Anything else we need to let, this, let them know about? Or are we good? That's all I had. I think we're all right. Oh, wonderful. Uh, thank, thank you all, and I will talk to you in another seven suns. Good luck. And then... The sending stones. Bye. Bad day. <laughs> uh, at which point, Roger the Pitless is already face to face with um, Geheron's sending stone, sort of looking it over with a uh, with three levels of of artificer lenses over one eye. He goes, "Very interesting." He looks up at you and. Puts his lenses away. Who gave you this? 
Who's he looking at? Uh, Garen. He's looking but, at Garen. But he would probably be asking yeah. anybody. Oh, um, uh, we got him when we took the job from uh, Maldoran. Oh, the um, the 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 dragon, right? Yeah, the dragon, the big one, elder of sorts. He is amongst the oldest. Hmm. You see, oh, it's probably not important. Nope. Go ahead. You can't Thank just leave me on like that. Well, it's interesting that the person you were talking to asked you where you were when these stones are connected and if the person on the other line knew anything about magic, he would easily be able to tell where you were. So they're tracking beacons. Tracking beacons as well. Well, I don't know what a... Oh, yeah. It's divination magic as well. It... You got there, bud. Yeah. Yes, it would definitely be deviate... Div- <laughs> I always say that wrong. Divination magic. It is. It's definitely div- divination magic. Sorry about that, y'all. Cut her on the back end. You're fine. <laughs> so, so if these stones could be used to track us, is it only the people that have the other stones that can track us, or can anybody? Well, I don't know because I don't have all the stones in the set. But we have two, probably three. Uh, three. I, can that be reversed? Well, not without it being clear to the other owners of the stone. In fact, since I've seen sending stones a lot, it's how some of uh, well, it's how twelve talks to me, um, and he like knocks on his own skull. Uh, oh, did he pump? That's awesome. <laughs> Old boy put a sending stone in his Yes, head. he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. My central processor. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. so, wow. So I know a little bit about him, and if you put the right spell on your set of stones, anyone can tap into them, which makes them not a set anymore. It makes them kind of like a collective. But when you make stones, setting stones, you have to make them together. It's very, very important. If you make them together, then you can connect them specifically. So no one else can muddle with them except for holders of those stones. So if the right rituals were done and the stones were all made at the same time and all the proper th- proper things were done, then the guy who has the other stone that you guys were just talking to he does know where you guys are if he knows the mat I, I don't probably <laughs> well I guess it answers my question um, conservative and I appreciate it uh, alright okay uh, well something to ask uh, Agdora when he calls again see who else has these stones um, thank you, Roger. Sure. 
So, should we get going? We got Might days. as well. We're wasting daylight at this point. Alright, so the spider is told to move, and the fucking cart starts to move. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, by the way, I still haven't gotten any feedback from uh, the listeners about what we should call the spider. Right? You guys gotta gotta post on the web zones about what the spider's name is supposed to be. Uh, put it on the subreddit. First, make the subreddit, and then, and then put it on. The oh my subreddit. god! Should we be fucking big old egotistic nerds and make a Yalzar subreddit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> be so shitty. I love it. <laughs> How the, all the other campaigns? <laughs> I mean, you know. Be pretty. Might it'd be well. pretty masturbatory, but I. But I. But it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, it would be cool. Put little character bios of all the people who've been in the campaigns. Yeah. I could call yeah, out I mean, to I... all the previous players from all the previous campaigns. <laughs> huh? That might be a little bit. I'll start working on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Well, get the wiki together. We'll just... At the very least, a LinkedIn. <laughs> Why Why well, would we need a LinkedIn for a fake universe? Why would we need a serious business? Why would we need a subreddit? <laughs> no Martificer looking for work. <laughs> Just a sign, we'll build shit for food. Yeah. L4 to DPS. We'll build shit for, for gear. I have a problem. Anyway. Past gear uh, are missing. <laughs> So uh, the, the the day goes by pretty uneventful. Uh, you know, you guys probably talk with Roderick a fair bit, and um, I'll go ahead and, and let you guys ask him a question or two if you want, or we could just skip through the day. I'm good. I don't. I don't want to ask this guy nothing. He's not very forthcoming <laughs> with the information that the, that he has. What? Parents driving the cart. Since when uh, is he not? Good. Oh, I'm going to keep working on the gun. Right. I want to get it as quickly possible. Because, uh, once more, I'm completely useless without it. Um, Garen would make a comment to Boomer that he should put a second barrel on it. Or maybe six. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's still going to make the comment. Yeah, and, and then a fucking hand comes down from the sky and just slaps you in the face and just points at you and goes, No! A second hand comes down, just like... Scrapes the finger of shame at you. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm working on putting 36 barrels on this now. Cool, yeah. No, 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 it's fine. You can do that. And then you could just <laughs> never fire it because it weighs more than you do. <laughs> Can I turn it into a Gatling gun? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll just be working on that. And uh, I'll say to Garen, uh, I don't think so, old boy. Uh, that might blow up in my face. I only did the science and the, uh, the magic for, uh, for the one barrel. Fair enough. I guess you got time to figure out something like that later. Sure. Or maybe I can make the barrel bigger for aesthetics. Maybe. So, (laughs) 
that day is down. Put some... <laughs> uh, Roderick offers for 18 and 12 to pull the cart so you guys can travel through the night. Can't we travel through the night with the spider? He nods. Well, I'd like to get some sleep personally, Garen says. Well, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, he still has to steer the spider, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that sounds good. I appreciate that, Roger. All right, then, you know, 18 gets up and pilots the spider while 12 walks on the side of the cart as a security force overnight. As Garen lays down, he'd say, worst case scenario, we find ourselves surrounded by like 30 slavering kobolds in the morning. Um, the night's... What? Wouldn't that be like a family reunion for you, Scaly? Like a whole bunch of kobolds? Distant cousins? Dragonborn adjacent? Uh, but, uh, very distant. Twice removed. Gotcha. Like three feet removed. They steal babies. <laughs> that is very funny, but it is not canon. It's not canon. <laughs> oh. No. I was really hoping for a pocket RP within an RP of Cobalt I went for the tie-in. I tried. No, no, I hear it. I hear it. Uh, uh, for the listeners at home, Kobolds ate... Uh, what is it? Kobolds ate my babies? Yeah, that's it. Is a uh, very small and, and simple tabletop game. Uh, if you can find the rules for it, you, you should totally give it a play. Uh, like next time you have your friends over for like an evening of goofing off or instead of watching Netflix and chilling, uh, just make everyone makes a character. Everyone's a, a small little, you know, level zero kobold. Um, and just, uh, the, 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 the game master has them try and ransack a local village and steal their babies to fuel a feast. It's a very short, one shot little idea and it's a lot of fun to, to play um, just look the rules up online if you can find them it's it's a good time yeah it's a lot of fun uh, but uh, no the kobolds in Yalzar do not steal babies uh, I mean a kobold might have stolen a baby once or twice but it's not like they're known for it uh, anecdotal baby stealing at best right <laughs> so uh, the night is <clears throat> I mean it's not perfect because you know you guys are pretty accustomed to sleeping in a stationary cart at this point but you guys do find rest uh, eventually and uh, you, you I mean you get a whole day's worth of travel at the same time so hard to hate really Fact. so it's the morning and uh, of, the, of the second day and uh it's maybe halfway through the morning, maybe almost midday at that point, and you can see in the distance the beginnings of uh, a walled city or township or whatever. Oh, that was quick. 
I cannot wait to find a bath, a tavern, and a blacksmith. In that order. Yes, <laughs> def- definitely in that order. Definitely for you. Um, gotta look at uh, Roger's list and say, uh, do you know anything about this city? Uh, anything about who owns it or who runs it? Help us get a leg up when we get in here. Um, he sort of hums to himself for a second as he thinks. Oh, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, uh, well, it's worth worth asking. It helps to know what we're walking into. Sort of nods like. Like, you're welcome, you know, <laughs> as if he just like laid out the entirety of how that town works to you. And he's like, I'm the guy to come to for this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, but uh, I do have a map of the town and he pulls from a scroll case that you probably have noticed that he carries on his back. Um, sort of pulls around to his front and opens it and pulls out a singular map uh, and lays it out on the bottom of the, 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 the carriage's floor or cart's floor and you can see it's a relatively uh, noteworthy sized uh, town um, if you had to guess it probably houses a couple hundred maybe a thousand people uh, and it has a relatively respectable sized uh, marina and uh, all kinds of, of, uh, of, of workshops, uh, whether it's a, a bar, a blacksmith, a fletcher, probably several tanners, um, a respectable sized uh, residential area and very tall walls, about uh, about 40 foot tall walls with uh, plenty of. I mean, it, from the outside, this place doesn't look like a respectably sized fishing town. It looks like a fortress. Uh, tall walls, big portacollis, the whole shebang. Interesting. Um, What's that? Take... Like... Oh. No, I'm just messing. This I was place like, looks like, like a house. Really we have tons of money. We could just buy up the housing market, charge people rent. Ignore our quest and become real estate moguls. Yeah. Have yeah. I ever told you guys the first D&D campaign that my girlfriend Elise was ever a part of? No. It was it was her and my stepbrother. Uh, and we only ever had one session, and it only lasted 30 minutes. Um, because she wanted to do something that I said was total bullshit and not okay. Uh, she was six or there was three. It was Dungeons and Dragons 3.5. And she was like, they started at like eighth level. And I helped her very elaborately make her character and, and walked her through like the feats to pick. And she took leadership because it gave her basically a, a fighter that just, she got to hire like a level two fighter to work for her. And, uh, and so she was completely non-combat based. Her entire character was based around uh, being able to talk her way through anything. And so 
I introduced the campaign and, and they started their little quest. And within five minutes, she's like, so who runs this town? So I was like, oh, you don't know. Make a, make a history check. She makes the knowledge local and uh, finds the, the governing body. And she goes, well, tell me about him. And he's like this single um, halfling man. And she's like, oh, well, then I seduce him and then bear his child and systematically take over the town over the next 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It's a long con. It's a long con. And I was like, that's brilliant, but uh, no. So, uh, an echo of that to your guys' plan of ruining real estate for a port town that you will probably never want to go back to. Um, no. <laughs> Fantastic. I just want to become a housing mogul. I mean, then play a different... Then, then play a tabletop system that's oriented towards economics. I'm not more into economics. I just want to get rich when I was kid. <laughs> anyway, all right. Can I be rich without the work? Question mark. That's what you guys are actively doing. <laughs> Being adventurers. It's pretty great. Anyway, so uh, around these walls, are there any like signs of battle or like? Not on the map that he's holding up for you guys to look at. Oh, okay, cool. That's all I have. Um, do you know anything about the history of this town? Winters, you sound like garbage again. Oh, God. Give me a second. Right. I'm going to see if he's at his house. Just pause for five. And go. Um, Balan will look at... Um... Roderick and say, uh, do you know anything about the history of this town? Uh, what? Why is there such an impressive wall surrounding the city? He uh, says, well, I imagine it's because of the frost worms that live here. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you guys forget that like a 30 meter tall one tried to kill us like two days ago? Uh, I my gun's broke, bud. Nothing else matters. And no earthen else murder. This is when we needed our bars. Right. Play Metallica on the loop. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that, then uh, they'll get, he'll get Napstered. Oh, no. <laughs> Copyright and too real. Did someone want to go back in time to 2002? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a waste of time travel. <laughs> Just slaps Kim Kardashian's dad. Just go to Portland. It's the same thing. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> any other questions for Roderick about this town that you guys think he knows a lot about? Not that he knows a lot about it, but he seemed to know something about how far away we are, so I thought he might have been there before. Yep, valid. No, that's about it. Cool. <laughs> um, 
So uh, he asks if you guys are, are done with the map, and he'll put it away. Yep, we're, we're, we're done. Babylon yeah. takes note of uh, the taverns and uh, blacksmiths. Most of the most of the taverns seem to be on the waterfront, but there's a couple near the front of town, uh, where you guys will very likely be coming in from. Cool. All right, that's it. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, is there anyone uh, like looking out to the city as you guys approach it? Nope. Working on my gun. Thalon will be looking over Aaron's shoulder. Cool. Uh, you guys are, you know, steadily approaching, and within within maybe an hour, you guys will be there. Any Ooh, last? We put on our fancy clothes, boys. Nah, remember the last time we wore our fancy clothes into a town? They tried to charge us double. Mm. Yeah, it's probably for the best that we don't. Pretty. So, anything before the last? Okay. All right, uh, 12 and uh, Roderick asks to stop the cart briefly. Yeah, we stop the cart. Uh, Roderick then tells 19, uh, sorry, 18 and 12 to come inside the carriage uh, cart. And as that happens, he sort, Roderick sort of looks to the rest of him and goes, people ask questions and I don't, I've never been able to explain to simpletons how they work. Yeah, I get it. Sorry, you you all can go now. Oh, oh all right. Well, let's get it going. All right, cart. Well, by your permission. <laughs> the the cart. Darren climbs out of the cart and kind of just lets off just the faintest of a huff as he uh, sits back down. And waits for the spider to be brought to him. Because he doesn't know how to command the spider. What do you mean? Well, he said we can go, like, we're putting the spider back on the front of the cart, right? Oh, the spider already was. Where are we parked? No, the spider was already parked. Oh, in the geez, I'm sorry. The, the, uh, eight... I thought they came, yeah. Eight team was just driving. Yeah, and only last night. Like, oh, the moment you got up and wanted to do it, he obviously let you do it. Oh, I thought, like, he was just hulking the cart. Like running with it. No, I mean they off. Uh, I completely had something different in my head. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. We're using a lot of uh, inconsistent nounage, so I understand how that could get confusing. Um. Anyway, so you guys make it to the the Portocollis, uh, and, and 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 gate of the town, and as you approach, you hear a sort of horn call, and a hail from. One of the towers above the gate. Yeah, just like that. Oh, it's Leo. <laughs> they got Knowles, boys. <laughs> and uh, so one of the one of the two guards that stands at the gate walks up to your carriage and sort of looks at the spider like that's fucking weird and new. But then looks up at Gaharan and says, Who are you and what's your business in this town? A bath, a beer, and a blacksmith. Also, I'm Garen. Of course. 
there's an, another uh, horn blow, and the guard sort of looks over his shoulder up at the tower, and uh, a arrow is shot into the snow just next to the guard. He picks it up, takes the note off of the arrow shaft, and looks over it. Looks at you guys, looks at the spider again. Shrugs his shoulders and goes, Well, apparently you're expected. Uh, Mr. Zor sends his regards. Does that make sense uh, to you? Well, yes, we're... Of course, we're expected. <laughs> Very good. Uh, thank you for doing your duty. Of course. Just assure me or someone of the guard that what thing that pulls your carriage is not a threat to the people of this town. Uh, no more of a threat to anybody than we are, sir. Valen's head will shoot out from around Geheron uh, at that and go, what he means to say is that <laughs> we are completely harmless, just like the spider. Like little babies. The guard sort of like... Like little babies. Guard like looks at you guys and goes, all right... Well, and then turns around and just yells, "Open her up!" And uh, the you hear the the chains pull and the portcullis begin to lift as residual midday and morning snow falls off of it. Uh, moments later, the door is open, <clears throat> and you guys are sort of expected to come through the gate now. Um, as it opens, Garen return to the guard and say, "By the way, what's a good tavern?" Uh, he looks at you as if he didn't quite catch the whole question and then nods and goes, uh, the Turtleback is a wonderful place. Turtleback, he says, pointing two fingers towards Valen. Uh, I'll give him a finger guns, thumbs up, and then wave to the guard and say, thank you, sir, and then using his other arm, grab Geheron's arm and wave with it. <laughs> <laughs> the guard just kind of gives you guys like a odd fellow's look. And uh, goes back to his post outside the gate. Uh, you notice a few things at the moment you guys enter the town. It is no longer quite as windy or shitty outside. Uh, the Yay. One of the undeniable benefits Yay. of a 40-foot tall wall is it keeps all of that shit wind out. Nice. So the air is still cold, but without the wind chill, it's much more much more pleasurable outside. Uh, and this is reflected in while in, in the attire of the people that live here. Most of them are still covered in furs and heavier clothes, but they're not so concerned about wearing layers and layers on their head and, you know, wearing thick boots. The uh, aspects of their clothes have relented, as it were. It's a relatively nice day out. But uh, every house you pass or every building you, you cross, there's a at least one or two people looking at your cart like, what the fuck is that that's pulling that cart? Look away, people. Look away, simpleton. It is just a giant metallic spider. Yeah, get over yourselves. Garen's doing, uh, every now and then, Garen does kind of a uh, pageant wave at people. Staring uh, at them. The, the easiest time for this to occur for you is you see a, a couple of children sort of dash out into the street and they're like, monster stomping next to the spider. <laughs> it's 
It's adorable. Make it roar, he says to Boomer. <laughs> you know, like how spiders do. <laughs> he doesn't know. Yes, you do. No, I don't give a fuck. You know that fucking spiders don't roar. <laughs> Robot spiders might. I can make him yeah. make a clicky sound. That's all I got, bud. Clicks. Clicks and clanks. That's all I got. We should probably find a place to settle in soon before we attract any more attention. Uh, that'll say that. Um, uh, sort of running up to the side of the cart, uh, initially comes off as aggressively even, is a, uh, short, uh, human man who, uh, approaches you all and, and goes, you there, you there with, uh, the, the, the thing dragging your cart. Uh, Boomer will poke, poke his head out. It's not a thing. My name is Garen. It's not a thing. It's a mechanical work of art, sir. How may I help you? Oh, he sort of uh, pardons himself and goes, of, of course, sorry. I simply don't pretend to know the prowess and identification of another master's art is all. Uh, Mr. Zor told me that you all would be coming to town. Uh, you said you were looking for a tinkerer? Oh, yeah, that that's me. Uh, sorry for being rude. Uh, my, my, my baby broke, and I'm a little upset about it. I'm a little on edge. Well, uh, if, I was wondering if I could continue. I'm if you all would stop, I'd love to hop onto your cart and, and, and direct you to my workshop. Yeah. Uh, uh, Garen would pat the seat next to him and say, come on up. He's sort of like running alongside of the cart like, Clearly not the best hand-eye coordination to jump onto a moving cart, but he tries. Oh, no, no, no. We stop it. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do we? Yeah, we stop no. it. Move Please dance. <laughs> His workshop. We will stop the cart. <laughs> or we will, or Very we well. will take the spider off the thing, put the bridle in your mouth, and make you pull it. Oh, I roll Savage. <laughs> Drink check. Just a fly in the mouth. I don't want to do this. Scaly bullet. He just flexes the entire time. As you do. Uh, he he gets just super strong. Like your, your quad, like your legs are just super bulky. Tree trunks. Yeah. He uh. So that so the the short human man jumps onto the front of the cart and uh, reaches over to shake Herod's hand and says, "I'm uh, Mel. It's a pleasure to meet you." Uh, and then he sort of begins to direct you towards his uh, workshop. Cool, Garen, and a pleasure as well. And he would sort of follow the man's directions. Is there any more room up front? Oh. Someone to hop between the human and Garen. Sure. I'll shake my hand and introduce myself. But like, my name's Boomer. Uh, I really appreciate you letting me use your workshop and such. I, I of, of course. Um. Uh. Well, once we get there, I can tell you about what's available. But in short, you you might personally find it a little uh, lacking. But for repairs, I imagine I have whatever you might need. Oh yeah, no, I lived in a hole for eighty years. It, it, it'll be fine. Well. well 
you said you're 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 Mr. Bright Jim, right? Oh yeah, that's me. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, <laughs> I assume that you say a hole in the ground. You mean the great Dwarven capital city? Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, my workshop wasn't really my house. My house was more like an actual hole. Well, for for I, for sure, but I'm sure that you had quite the access to fine ore and gems, the likes of which I've never been able to find in this part of the world. I'll tell you that for sure. But, oh yeah, totally. I mean, it was cool and all. Maybe I could send you some stuff later on for helping me out. Oh, I'd be, I'd be honored. Yeah, definitely. I, I really, I really appreciate you helping me out. Uh, my baby here. And he, like, shows him, like, the pieces. He's cradling it like a small child. Right. Well, bear in mind, you've put a couple of days into this thing, so most of its framework has probably been repaired. Oh, well, then I'll be like, yeah, this is uh, my my uh, my piece de la resistance, as people would say in the gnomish tongue. Uh- <laughs> you know, just trying to make gnomish French. It's a hodgepodge of all languages, sir. It's a hodgepodge. That's for damn sure. We are, we are multilingual. <laughs> a melting pot, if you would. Um, I'm like, hey, this is a, a, a thunder cannon. I'm calling it uh, my boom stick. Uh, but he's uh, got the stick. He needs the boom. Yeah. Afterwards, I'll show you how it works. Um, so as you sort of are showcasing this to him, you see Mel's eyes sort of scanning over the the thunder cannon. He he sort of seems to like be pointing at stuff and muttering a little. He goes, and he sort of like blabs one or two pieces of how it works that he's yep. picked up already. And he goes, but like you know, so basically he has a little miniature conversation with you about like oh so like you take this and then it pulls this from that and it comes over to here. But like what's this for? And so. You guys have a little back and forth. Cool. And uh, from 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 the the back, you hear Roderick goes, but it could still be approved upon. Karen okay. points to Roderick. I'm gonna I'm gonna push my head like put my head back like in the cart and be like, oh yeah, if you think you can approve on it, why don't you help me out? Hmm? I offered. And I said, sure. And you were like, mm, maybe not. Well, because you demanded an exchange of information and knowledge. I and man, I asked, and that's a polite thing to do. Well, a maybe dem- you should just be a little politer and you'll get a nice thing. Garen says mostly to himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw a treat in the air. <laughs> he eats it. He eats it. <laughs> Fucking rubs his belly like like a fucking Scooby snack situation. He puts it across the scaly lips before he nips it. Right. <laughs> anyway, not much longer passes uh, as this comedic banter goes on before you all arrive at a relatively respectable homestead. Uh, but it clearly, even from the outside, is very different from its neighboring houses as uh, it, uh, it has just small touches to it that you can tell this Mel individual has um, made additions to his home. Oh, cool. Uh, whether it's like a, a, a the fact that it has like 
proper uh oh shit what's the word for it um oh i can't believe this i've installed this on a house before um the drainage system rage uh, the drainage system are you uh gutters yes it has gutters which is like really not that you see on any of the other houses here um and a couple just of other slightly out of place, but uh, elegant touches to the house. And uh, he goes, well, this is this is my home. Um, please come inside and bring whatever it is you intend to fix. Um, I'll park the cart. Or I'll ask a heron to park the cart. Yep. Uh, and then I'll just grab my backpack or like my, my tools and uh, head on inside. Okay. Uh, I'll follow I was about to say, y'all want to come with us? Yeah, Garrett's going to park the cart and follow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to poke my head in the uh, the cart and be like, uh, Roderick, what about you, old boy? Oh, sh- certainly. Uh, I might even be able to trade with this person. All right. Let's go. I, I take it the 18 and 12 are going to be staying here? Oh, no. They would be something that I would be trading for. Oh. And they, uh, all three of them sort of follow the party. The moment they step out of the the cart, however, is the first time that uh, Mel has seen them, and he immediately steps over and looks them puzzled and immediately trying to understand what exactly it is he's looking at. Roderick immediately recognizes this look, as he's probably done it himself a dozen times, and, uh, and sort of tur- turns Mel away and points to the house and says... We can talk about them inside. There's no need to stare. It's rude. Uh, Mel sort of shakes himself and nods and walks over and brings you all into his home. And it's about what you would have expect for a very uh, singular living man to also call a workshop at the same time as a home. Most of the tables are littered with miniature projects or paperwork that has been scribbled all over. Uh, the kitchen is notably pristine, however, and there is a very comfortable chair next to a candle uh, that is unlit and a book that seems to be his probably his normal sitting chair. But it's a it's a very nice little abode with very clearly a focus on what it's supposed to be aiming at in terms of uh, his profession is the best way I can put that. Hey man, I, I like this. This is quaint, nice and homey. Mel nods in appreciation. Goes, yes, I, uh, I've, I've put a lot of effort into it. it. Sorry, it's absolutely a mess to the average eye, I'm sure. But uh, I have a system, and it works for me. So, uh, of course, um, please. And he sort of like walks over to one of his workshop tables and sort of like forcibly clears a swath. Uh, and, and sort of gestures for you to lay out your thunder cannon to continue work on it. Yeah. Um, and as I'm sure you do so, he turns to the rest of your party and says, so um, what can I do for the rest of you? Uh, I, I assume you are not uh, in the same skill market as myself and your friend, but uh, uh, I'm sure I could still be of some service. Uh, I can't think of anything. You know what? Mel snaps his fingers and says, uh, 
So, anyway, yes. Um, so glasses do exist in this world. Yeah, for sure. Like reading glasses. Okay. Um, he's going to say, uh, I'm thinking about something like reading glasses, but maybe with a darker tint. You see that? My eyes are pretty susceptible to light. Well, and, um, and he sort of looks at you as well. Uh, that's not an unheard of uh, request. I've dealt with people of your kind before um, and that has been a pretty common complaint uh, does it is it just your eyes that seem to be affected or is it just merely the presence of sunlight uh, I would say it's the presence of sunlight really um, but my vision is the most prominent thing to me um, it just you get used to Living in the dark. Of course. And it's a little bright out here. Uh, well, uh, how how many days are you all intending to be in town for? It's only been um, one day since our conversation with Bagdora, right? Uh, a day and a half. Day and a half, okay. So what, we have two and a half days. Right. Didn't then. we tell him five days? Four. Four. <clears throat> uh, Two and a half days. We have two and a half days left um, here in port, and then uh, we'll be off on our way. Well, I suppose if I if I worked expediently on it, I could probably produce something of quality by tomorrow morning for you. Oh, that that would be ideal. I wouldn't want to take you away from your work with Boomer, though. Uh, his his needs are far greater than mine. Well, not to put my expertise before my mouth but I'm fairly certain what your friend Mr. Brightjam is working on is a project that is so fine that only two hands are required what about two more for clapping <laughs> Mel sort of looks at you like what uh, just ignore him he's He's fun-loving and uh, a good good guy, but, you know, he really doesn't understand what we do. So, <clears throat> what uh, do I claim to? Uh, Garrison's kind of straightening himself up. And so uh, Mel sort of extends his hand towards Valen Des and says, so for getting it done tomorrow at sunrise, and, of course, the uh, rather steep cost of the gemstones that will be required for what you're looking for, uh, 40 gold? 40? Hmm. What if you took your time, got it to me at the end of the day, tomorrow, and we'll call it 35? Uh, you're going to have to give me a persuasion check for that. Or, I uh... can't do that. That's a 17. God, I love my persuasion bonus. Uh, he sort of seems to run his eyes uh, back and forth, thinking it through. He goes, well, it, it's it's really mostly the gemstones that are the cost, but sure, 35 gold is almost just as much as 40 in my book, so uh, go, very well. And he sort of keeps his hands extended, his hand extended to you. 
Yep, Fallon will shake it heartily and say I appreciate it. Uh, of course. Um, I will just need a couple of quick measurements from the size of for the size of your head. Uh, what what it, uh, what species is this guy? Is he a human? Yeah, he's a human. Okay, all right. Um, okay. Well, then Fallon will just let him do his business with the measurements. Okay. He sort of very quickly takes two measurements. One is the you know, distance from the back of your ear to the front of your face, and one is the width of your face, uh, as appropriate. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sort of jots that down quickly and goes, well, very well then, sir, I will get that done for you by sunset tomorrow. And at this point, uh, everyone except for Boomer can probably hear, or in fact, anyone with a passive perception over 12 can hear uh, Roderick's, the Pitless's foot tapping on the floor, uh, slightly impatient. Mm. <clears throat> uh, Garen would clear his throat and uh, look around once and just say, before I forget, or before anyone gets too invested in their work, where can a man go to find a uh, talented armorsmith in town? Uh, Mel looks at him and goes, oh, um, well, there's a few actually... Uh, well, there's a, a particular fellow that I like to refer people to. He's just down the street. You turn out my house and turn left. You quite, you really can't miss the sound of his anvil, really. He lives on the same street as us, uh, as where we are. Um, his, his name is, is, is Belgren, and he is a very talented blacksmith. Belgren, Garen says, nodding. All right. I will see you all in a little bit. At this point, uh, Roderick sort of steps forward and uh, demands Mel's attention, and he looks at him and goes, So, I see you're interested in my my friends here, pointing to 12 and, and 18. Mel sort of nods exclu- extensively and goes, Well, you're in luck. I would love to tell you about them, but I need things from you and I think that that is a really good trade. And Mel sort of penses up for a moment and goes, well, what is it that you need? And so as best as a halfling can sort of tap someone and turn them around to walk and talk with them, that's you know twice their height, he does that to Mel and they sort of walk deeper into his house and uh, does anyone want to make a perception check to see if they can hear the conversation as it sort of walks to the other side of the house? I am too busy working on my things. Garen will try to listen. He's All right, go ahead. Always likes hearing things. Make a perception. And Valandess, you as well? No, I don't hear. <laughs> Unless a solid three hears. <laughs> nah. Valandess? Shit, sorry, I was muted. Uh, that's a five. Wow, oh yeah, neither of you guys hear what he has to say. But at one point, um, uh, Mel sort of is taken aback from something that was said, and he goes, bodies? And Roderick like, le- like leans up and like smacks him in the shoulder with a smile and, goes, and shakes his head, and uh, they continue on for a moment. And at some point, they reach an agreement and shake hands. And 
uh, Roderick sort of clasps, claps his hands and tells 18 to stay here and obey Mr. Mel's orders for the day and uh, tells 12 to follow him. We're going to go and make number 20. Good luck, bud. That's a no way ominous. Don't you don't you need a body for that? Uh, Roderick sort of looks at you with a very large smile on his face and just puts a finger up to his lips and says, "Shh, it's fine." Karen would shrug and look at Alan and trying to not think about what's about to happen. Say, maybe someone will volunteer. Sure. Let's go with that, Garen says. <laughs> All right. Out of game, or Yeah. Garen, or, uh, yeah, you could volunteer and become a Mecha Dragon. Just saying. But I don't want to. No, that's fine. I'm just saying, super powerful. You might even get, like, cool wings. Well, I mean, so, if you're saying he's that much better of an inventor that you couldn't make me some sort of mechanical suit. You know what? That I'm he's got to turn me gonna, into a living weapon. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna build you a mecha suit now. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no you're not. Done, that's everything else is trash. I'm forget the, the 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 bright gems. Forget everything else. Forget the the, the boomer tank. Mecha suit. Can we roll for clockwork armor? No. <laughs> Anyway, Anyway, so uh, Roderick and 12 leave. Uh, Gaharan, do you leave as well? Um, uh, Yeah, you would ask uh, Valen if he wants to come with. Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, I have nothing better to do, and obviously my hands aren't skilled enough for this kind of stuff. So uh, off we go. Uh, Garen would head towards the described location of that blacksmith. Looking to Valen, he'd say, uh, when L was on drugs, he said I could use his money, right? I don't remember. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm sorry, Garen. I, I do not remember. However, <coughs> Garen calls. I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> you know what? I think he did too. So, what do you say we go um, outfitting? And then uh, as they walk, he'd shrug and say, well, I mean, what did he call us? Simpletons? I'm sure I would remember anyway if he said no. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have to be at least a low noble to remember everything that he said. And obviously I'm not. I know this. So. <laughs> Such savagery when the fucking guy's not even here. Do I need to roll for pettiness? (laughs) I don't know if you need to roll pettiness. I think you just took 10 on that. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, they would find the blacksmith. You find the blacksmith and... um, And, uh, Hold on, motherfucker. Shit's happening. You all walk into the blacksmith and it's around that time that you see 12 standing there holding probably a few hundred pounds of metal on top of his head in, like, sheets. 
uh, and a couple of um, weapons on top of the pile. Um, and you've, you've, you actively are seeing Roderick the Pitless hand over, um, make a uh, perception check. Make a what? Perception check, the both of you. Does a 15 see? Yep. Valandes, you uh, want in? Yeah, 22. Okay. Um, so, Gaharan, you see him hand over what is definitely a, a precious gemstone of some sort. Um, but, uh, Valen, you see that he's handing him a diamond the size of a grapefruit. Um, okay. In exchange for the goods. And he says, and I'll come back for that other thing uh, tonight. And the blacksmith sort of holding the diamond with like a huge Cheshire cat smile says, of course, sir. And he sort of puts the diamond in his apron because fuck. Uh, and 12 sort of turns and nods his head to the two of you as he steps away. And R- Roderick sort of turns and goes, ah, oh, uh, I forgot you guys were coming to the blacksmith as well. Uh, hello. Yep, it, uh, seems like you cheered him up quite a bit. Well, yes, and then he starts to leave. <laughs> Maybe I should have asked him to make me a suit of armor, Garen says, watching the mountain of metal walk away. That might be a dangerous proposition. I'm afraid I'd be fused with it. You would definitely be. I would definitely have to Probably have to die. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? We just go to the blacksmith. Yeah, yeah. Honest work. Yeah. Um, Don't walk I, up to the, the blacksmith. He's obviously beaming. Right. And he looks to you and, uh, and sort of... <clears throat> yes, sirs. What can I do for you? Well, uh, our friend uh, Mel sent us this way. Oh, Mel. How is he? He's doing quite well. He's in uh, working on a uh, bit of a project with our friend over there. Uh, the gentleman who was just in? Yes. Well. An acquaintance, not necessarily a friend. Oh, well, forgive me for assuming. It doesn't quite matter what I'm doing for others or what others are doing with each other. It's uh, what I can do for you, gentlemen. Well, uh, Garen motions towards his sturdy but relatively plain chainmail and says, I'm looking for something of an upgrade. Well, of course. Uh, did you have anything in particular in mind? And he sort of gestures to a wall of several mannequins, and he says, I have a couple suits of splint, uh, a suit of half plate. Uh, I might have to take it out a little bit for your size, but uh, what were you looking for? Um, what's the biggest one you have? <laughs> I'm looking for something very solid. Um, I'm, uh, I've come across quite a bit of trouble, and I'm looking to keep metal between me and it from now on. At least more metal. He says, well, as I mentioned, I have a couple of suits of half plate. I, uh, I have a, a couple of suits of splint mail. Um... I mean, anything larger than splint mail would be full plate, but, I mean, I could... 
probably hobble together a full suit of plate mail for you, but it would take a little bit of doing. I'm sorry, it must be some with my mic. You keep cutting in and out for me. Yeah, you cut out and out a little bit on oh, this end, too. Sorry. He, the blacksmith goes to say that he has a couple suits of splint mail. He has one or two sets of half plate, and then mentioned that if you were looking for anything larger and more covering than split mail, that would probably be a set of full plate, which he doesn't have, but he could take the two suits of half plate that he has and put those together to make a full suit of plate, but it would take some some doing. Hmm. I know that it would be quite a bit of work, but uh, we'll be in town for about two two days. He'd say, looking to Valen, two or three days, two and a half, two and a half days. Well, if you tell me what you want now, I can get started on it and hopefully finish it by that time. Uh, I would, I would definitely enjoy a suit of full plate. He sort of puffs and says, oh, "Well then." I have uh, one order ahead of you, sir, but I can put that to work as soon as I'm done with that previous order and could... Well, it would be a full day of work. It would be all of tomorrow, so I would not be able to get it done until tomorrow evening. Not a problem. I'm in no extreme rush. And that would be 2,000 gold, non-negotiable. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> he might actually in real life kick your ass because of this <laughs> and I want you to do it oh I'm doing it yeah um, <laughs> hey, wow boys 2000 uh, non-negotiable I can respect that a man uh, man needs to know his own worth and he would pull out the secret bag of please don't touch this this is my gold and uh Begin to count. Unless Valen helps him, it's going to take a little bit. Valen will absolutely. It's help. it's in plats. It won't take that long. No. Okay. Oh, okay. And <laughs> sort of slide the man a pile of money. Say, uh, I I believe this squares us. He nods and goes, "That'll do perfectly." Uh, I ask that. You hold something of mine, since you've already counted all the all of the all of the gold. Uh, I understand that this is a lot of money. Uh, granted, not enough for me to p- just leave my entire world behind and run on you, but it would do my honor a justice if you would hold on to something precious of mine until you return and claim your plate mail. I appreciate that. I, I like a bit of honesty, a little even exchange. And uh, he walks over to his forge and uh, sort of grabs one of his pair of tongs that has his name in Dwarvish uh, etched into the handle. And he hands you the, the tongs and he says, I don't expect these of much value to you or to anyone, but they have much value to me. I respect that, he'd say. Uh Nothing like your favorite tools, you'd say, kind of motioning towards the halberd on his back. The, the the blacksmith nods and says, well then, I appreciate your patronage. I will take good care of what you're working with, and 
If you'd like to see the two half plates that I'm putting together to make your full suit, I can gladly show it to you, and should you desire me to burnish the armor in a different color, I could achieve that very easily. Oh, absolutely, Garen says, um, having completely gotten ahead of himself in his excitement. <laughs> now, the two suits of half plate are pretty stri- pretty standard fare. Um, clearly, good quality work, um, and lots of man hours went into making it, and he was absolutely right. He's going to have to take the shoulders out a little to accommodate your larger frame and, you know, probably taper the greaves down a touch. But um, overall, he just sort of asks if you'd like him to oil bleed, uh, uh, burnish the metal a particular color. He doesn't have many options, but if you ask, he might be able to do it. Uh, maybe like a nice uh, dark blue, something of a bluish tint. I could do that very easily. Wonderful. He uh, looks to Valen and says, that's my favorite color. Mm, I could tell. And he goes, well then, my sirs, if you leave me to my work, I can get to yours as soon as possible. Wonderful. Uh, we will see you soon. Oh, and on your way out, if you could please flip the open to cl- uh, sign to closed, I'd appreciate it. Absolutely, you've got some work to do. I'll take care of that for you. Well, I've made more money. I might not have to work for a few months, as he sort of chuckles to himself as he gathers up the platinum into a uh, the back room. Uh, Valen will hold up a, a hand real quick and say, I know you have work to do, uh, but do you have any arms that are already made uh, oh, that I might be able to look at? Of course, sir. What is it that you're looking for? I have most manner of arms. I even have uh, those three-pronged spears that the Tritons seem to be fascinated by. Hmm. Interesting. Um, how, how about a, a short sword? Uh, I recently... Uh, happen to lose my good one. Um, and anything special in that department? Oh, uh, well, yes. And he sort of stops what he was doing and leads you over to uh, a, a, a rack of swords. Um, have you ever seen... It's, I've seen him at Ragnarok. Uh, the um, It's like... It's like a barrel. And then at the top there's like several um holes that the the swords rest in like blade down and the hills oh, yeah. hold it up from falling through it's like that he has like one or two of those okay um any sort of you know motions to a couple of them all of the weapons he has here are a relatively good make um but two of them strike your eyes one of them has a uh tiger's eye um, embellishment along the hilt uh, that looks like flame sp- spitting across it, and then the other one is looks like it's made purely out of wood, like a single piece of wood. Huh. Um, Valen will pick up the uh, the wood sword. Just intrigued. The whole thing's wood. Yes, and the moment you lift it up, it's lighter than any sword of its size you've ever touched. And the blacksmith sort of smirks to himself and says, Ah, yes, an eye, for, an eye for talent, I see. I must be honest, I did not craft that sword. But in my last trip to the fine elvish nation of Lahasi, I bartered with some of their smiths down there a few years ago. And there seems to be a couple of smiths in that in that city that entirely make weapons out of wood that comes from the trees of their forest. 
ironbark trees, strong as steel, but lighter than bar- lighter than trees, uh, than tri- than tree bark. Hmm. Iron bark. I. Um, if you put a proper edge on that weapon, it'll cut through anything like as if it were steel. I assure you. Hmm. How would one go about sharpening a wood sword? Carefully. <laughs> But to answer your question appropriately, uh, any whetstone will do. It just tends to take a little longer. And you will probably go through your whetstone faster. Right. Uh, I'll say I'm very interested in this. Um, what about that tiger's eye? Um, ah. Yes, uh, again, and he sort of takes the iron bark sword from you and replaces it in the holster and pulls out the tiger's eye and, and sort of holds it in his hands for you to look at. Says this is another sword that I, well, I actually did make this one, but the magic in, infused within it is not of my own creation. I, well, I asked a, a favor of one of the local wizards to enchant this blade. It, uh, it is simply a very beautiful and magical sword. Uh, I, I cannot promise you that it shoots fire or lightning or anything particularly spectacular, but it, uh, it never loses its honed edge in all of the times I've I've used it personally and it is well it's just a, a magnificent sword I, I gotta say I'm, I'm very proud of it and one of my finer works although I think because of its price tag it's never left my store what are the, what are the prices for both of these the iron bark sword and uh this beautiful tiger's Oh, the iron bark sword, I'm afraid, is probably a little more than you're accustomed to seeing for such a blade, despite it being not magical, but surely just because of its rarity in this part of the world. Uh, 350 gold for it, and the, uh, the, this, this sword here with the tiger's eye hilt would be just shy of a thousand. Hmm. Um, without breaking eye contact with the blacksmith... Alan will fling an arm and kind of backhand Aaron in the chest and, and go, how much more do we have? Oh. Oh, that was me dropping something, not Garen grunting. Right. Um, it fits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough, he would say, looking to Valen. The blacksmith has has been ever since you did that gesture to get Gaharan's attention has been trying to hide his like glee showing up on his face, but when Gaharan says enough, he sort of smiles. Uh, I'll pick up the, the tiger's eye um, sword and give it a few flicks with his left hand um, just to get a weight for it um, and a feel for. You know what magics might be. Um, you can't um, immediately discern what magics are in the sword, but I mean, it cuts through the air beautifully. Um, it it it's it's not overly heavy. It's ma- beautifully balanced in your hand. Uh, even uh, are you left or right-handed? I'm right-handed, but I'm swinging it with my left. Hand. Right, right, right. That I knew. Uh, so mm-hmm. even though it it's it feels like you're swinging it in your main hand with just the grace that you're able to turn the blade through the air. Uh, Whatever the magic in this blade there is, it is guiding your hand with acuity. Mm. 
to the blacksmith and say, I think I'll take it. Ah, so as I said, 950 gold, just shy of 1,000. 950. I think we can handle that. Uh, I'll gesture to Garen and say, can we handle that? Uh, Garen would kind of uh, shrug and say, in for a penny. In for a pound. And start counting out the money. Uh, this also takes some amount of time, but you guys get there. Um, and uh, he, the, the, the blacksmith says, Of course, I can't let you walk out of this store without the scabbard that I crafted for that sword. It is equally remarkable. Uh, and he goes into the back room and fetches a very nice um, leather uh, scabbard uh, that is very clearly a metal sheath, but... Uh, covered in leather on the exterior and uh, inside there is you know panels of wood to receive the sword and keep it oiled uh, it fits the sword like a glove it's it's very satisfying okay. I'll strap that onto his waist um, and kind of be happy about the weight of it nice to have something with him since he tossed a short sword into the snow uh, and uh, thank, thank the blacksmith. Uh, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much for your fine goods. And I thank you for funding not only my vacation, but uh, a year from work. <laughs> well, well, you're on, appreciated. while you're on your holiday, I of want you to just thank the name of Pelluvial. Of course, certainly. Just remember that. I appreciate it. Yes, and you gentlemen have a wonderful day, and like I said, tomorrow sunset, your plate meal should be ready, sir. Wonderful, I look forward to it. He nods, and turns to excuse himself. Um, the, uh, Garen at least would exit the building, kind of flipping the closed sign for the gentleman. Mm -hmm. um, throws, a, throws an arm over um, Garen's shoulder and say, I think we did well. I think we're dead men. Well, you a little bit less after tomorrow. Do you think he'll notice? Only if we tell him. You don't think he'll notice the plate mail? Well, you might have. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's done. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> I hope he has no reason to ask for his gold back anytime soon. Let's go drink away some of that thing, guys. Winters, you're you're fucked up again, bud. God damn it! All right. Okay. So, uh, you uh, you all go to the two of you go and find the shellback, um, or the turtleback or whatever I called it. Turtleback. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of the two town uh town taverns that are not near the marina. And it, even though it's, you know, early mid-afternoon at this point, it is uh, bustling with activity. Um, you're all welcomed by a server um, who passes you by and sort of gives you boys a wink uh, as she passes and serves a table and uh, points to a free table and then to the bar and sort of trots along to tend to more patrons. Uh, Garen points to the bar, looks at... Balances bar, bar, bar. Uh, up and uh, grab seats. Okay, 
You guys take a seat at the bar and are pretty promptly served by a half-orc uh, woman. And she steps up and cracks her neck and says, Gentlemen, tall and big, what can I get for you? Um, I would like three ales, please. And what about you? I'll just have one. Thank you. Very good, then. Four ales for the boys. And uh, she you, she does something that you've noticed is is pretty uniform in here. She's put a cup uh, empty in, uh, in front and between the two of you. You sort of look down the bar, and every group has one cup in front of them, and that's where they've been paying for their uh, tabs. And, and uh, so she comes back not too long and sets before you a, a, a trio and a single of ales and uh, she taps on the her fingernail on the side of the cup and says when the payment's in I'll come and ask and see if you want anything else wonderful thank you very much she nods and turns to other duties did she say how much the drinks were it says to Val mm-hmm. no mm. would have been a good thing to ask what Garen puts his hands up and pauses for a minute lifts up his ale Turns to Val and says, it's been a bit of an Arctic journey, but uh, despite the freezing winds, we got it done. So here's to cracking open the cold one with the boys. Here's to money well spent. Well. <laughs> uh, it is going to be so hard not immediately telling him when I talk to him later. Great. I just hope he's not going to be actually mad. No, I don't think he's actually. Gonna be. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I mean, three k from fifty is is not a lot, but it's not nothing either. Yeah, I mean, come on. He's walking away with five times what we were promised for this job. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, here's the money well spent. Garen says, laughing. You don't think he's going to run away, do you? Mm. He might kill us first. I meant the blacksmith. <laughs> oh, um, well, maybe. Um, we do have his tongs. So, you're right. That's probably that. worth more than three thousand gold. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, enforces a smile. <laughs> right. Anyway, Ailes, let's not worry about that. Sure. So, uh, cut back to um, Boomer. Um, Mel sort of every now and again ponders if you want a cup of tea or a spot of food or if you need help or materials with anything. Uh. Well, not really, but uh, I would like to talk to you about something. Uh, I know my uh, associate uh, got something from you and haggled you down a good bit, uh, but I wanted to give you a little something out of my appreciation for your skill as an artificer or, uh, and for letting me use your things, and I'll pull out um, the last of my gold. Which is how much? Uh, uh, it's, it's about 60, 60 gold. I have um, seven gold left, he, and I'll slide it over to him. 
he he ta- he takes it, counts it, and realizes it's way more than he expected, and shakes his head and says, "At most, I could take twenty of this. I don't need." Well, no. How about you take forty? Out of kindness, like you you need something better than what you got here. You deserve better for this. You 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 really do. And I I believe that you should have been paid that extra five gold for what you what 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 you're doing. He, you should be paid for your work. He takes the forty and gives you back the the other twenty and says, "Thank you. I I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you." Hey, we're, we we uh, artificers got to look out for each other. He nods. All right. Well, I'm gonna get back to work, and a cup of tea would be great. Do you have Earl Grey? Uh, n- no, but I have uh, Mazda Grey. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know if Earl Grey existed. No, what? How about some oolong? Uh, he's. I've got. I've got. Eh, short. <laughs> Comedy. Comedy. Um, Bring in the laughs. That's what you come here for. Yeah, a, a glass of uh, a cup of hot tea would be nice. I appreciate it. He nods and and asks if you want cream or honey. He nods and not too long brings you a nice heaping cup of uh, warm, milked, and uh, honeyed tea. Uh, Thank you. The day goes on, and uh, as the sun begins to set, um, Mel sort of walks about his house, turning on the candles, as they were, and uh, casts light on a large panel of wood that is... Like it's very clear that what he's used this for is like a, a basically a chandelier of light in his house because it's like carved out to look kind of like a flower, and he just casts light on it, and so it lights up the room in addition to the candlelight. Cool. And uh, not long after, there is um, a knock on the door, and Mel walks over, opens it, and in coming uh, bursts. Uh, Roderick and 12 and um, 18 walks over and grabs the corpse from Roderick's hands that he's he's somehow holding um, and uh, 12 closes the door behind him with his foot still holding that several hundred pounds of metal and uh, Roderick goes uh, so where could we do this and Mel, sort of paralyzed, points to his cellar door. And Roger goes, ah, perfect, thank you. And goes down there for whatever he's going to do. Uh, before he goes, I'm going to be like, Roderick, uh, you mind if I watch? He's sort of uh, casting prestidigitation, like wiping the blood and small amounts of embalming fluid on him. Uh, goes, uh... I won't touch anything. I'll just stand in the corner. No one's asked before, so... Maybe. All right. And, uh... So he he goes down, he opens the cellar, and his 12 and 18 go down there with the corpse and... um... metal in tow. And, uh... 
after they go down there and Mel sort of goes down and like takes a look at the snail trail of blood through his house and sort of sighs. Um, Roderick goes over and makes sure the door is properly closed and that seemingly like he was checking to see if he was followed and then still with precedentation active sort of wipes all the, the trail of blood away as uh, he f- retraces his steps to the cellar. A moment later, Mel comes up and sits down in his chair and uh, grabs his tea, sort of one hand on the saucer, one hand in his cup, and sort of looking in the distance, very absentmindedly sipping his tea, trying to not think about what's exactly going on in his home. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I don't, I mean, is it going on now? Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah, then I'm going to try to walk down there. All right. You open the cellar door, and 18 is standing there, his cyclopean ruby eye sort of looking at you, and he sort of puts his hand out. And with, like, a stop sign, and then goes to, like, a one and closes the cellar door in your face. And then uh, you hear an exchange that is one-sided from Roderick, uh, and then the cellar door opens, and 18 sort of waves you in. Yep. And I make my way down. All right. The cellar is pretty modest. It's clearly p- primarily used for food storage. Um, but there is a large table with a corpse on it. And uh, R- Roderick sort of looks over to you and goes, Oh, yes, of course. Who else would have been invited down here? Uh Yes, uh, we'll pull up a chair, um, and if you could just give me some distance while I work, uh, please don't take notes. Yep, uh, no notes will be taken. Uh, you don't mind if I try to figure out what you do as you go, do you? Oh, that's entirely up to you. Well, you won't be offended, would you? Uh, just don't take notes. No notes will be taken. Uh, and he'll pull like a little stool over to the side, like where he can get a good view of Roderick and the body, uh-huh. and uh, sit there. And while he does it, I want to see if I can maybe make some Arcana checks as it goes along. Okay. Maybe figure out what's going on because he like Boomer knows his artificing, like he knows like, but this is stuff he's never seen before. Right. And it's literally like driving him crazy trying to like work it out work it out in his head because he's like watching Roger do all these things that doesn't make sense. Right. Okay, uh so um I'm gonna go ahead and end it for the week. Yep. Here. Um and when I uh when we next have session hopefully I'll I'll I have like the skeletal framework of how I want this procedure to go. But I'm yep. uh I'm not positive of all the intricacies, so I'll take the time between this and next session to put that together. Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, I've I've teased this character and the creation of his uh, friends for several campaigns, so the fact that this is finally happening is kind of interesting. Cool. So, um, as always, I've been your Dungeon Master, Kenny. Thank you for joining us. Um, I have with us our party... Uh, a, a a fly on the wall of Dr. Frankenstein's lair. It's... Oh, hey, y'all. It's uh, Dylan playing Boomer. Y'all have a good night. 
and uh, just two buddies having a good time, having a good time at the bar and forgetting about how they totally just spent 3,000 gold that does not belong to them. We, we have uh, Tall and Dark. Have a good night, everybody. It's Jesse playing Valentis. And Broad and Scaly. Everybody, it's Jeff playing Garen. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Have a good one.